This conversation was recorded on September 17th, 2019. It now emerges from the basement to join its inevitable Oscar victory party. We anticipate no disappointment. It's a sled. He's dead. The box contains his wife's head. Vader's his father. They're allergic to water. She's her sister and her daughter. You watched it wrong. Welcome back. This is Wade. And this is Siggy. And you're listening to You Watched It Wrong, the podcast where we pick a movie and we pick it apart until it's well picked over. <laughs> it resembles something like a dead horse. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe it resembles a... So, something you Booker. can't even guess what it is dead, but it's dead. That's all you know. And that's what we've been picked over. But my metaphor is falling apart. This is not so metaphorical, which is a very clumsy segue to what we're going to be talking about today. Today's film selection, which is Bong Joon-ho's Parasite, 2019, co-written and directed by Bong Joon-ho, uh, the, the filmmaker behind my favorite movie, The Host. So I was very excited for uh, everything, anything he does, but I was very excited for Parasite to come out and very happy with the acclaim it's been getting. And um, I was contacting you, Siggy, to see what next episode you wanted to do. And before I could even say it, you said, well, we got to do Parasite. Well, both being big Bong Joon-ho fans and big fans of the host and his other movies, I was very disappointed when we didn't get a chance to do Okja, so I'm I'm really glad we're getting to do Parasite tonight. Yeah, we we had planned. We said Okja, Okja, and then we just it was like two months before we got to the next recording. And we we're like, it's kind of it's kind of too late. But now we're actually be on the be on the ball for a change. I've had the uh, the pleasure of being able to see uh, it twice. I saw it a couple of weeks ago when it first came out here in Los Angeles, and then I saw it again two nights ago. Um, nice. I know you just saw it last night, correct? No, I saw it uh, a few nights ago. It was a Wednesday night show here in Ann Arbor. Uh, I think it might have been sold out. I think I grabbed the last open seat. Um, and I bought my ticket several hours before the show. And on a Wednesday night, I thought it was fine. Um, but I I was wrong. I yeah. uh, underestimated the, the demand uh, to see this this picture and uh, just how popular it's been. So that was cool. My first viewing was packed. It had been all out for a week, but only in one theater here in Los Angeles. And then it got open to the AMCs. Two weeks later, as of last night, I went to see it at 10 o'clock on a Wednesday night. And the theater was almost full. I was really, I was really happy to see a late night on a weekday that this place, it was packed. Uh, people seem to be feeding off of this, uh, <laughs> this, this picture here. Yeah, I've been enjoying the uh, Letterboxd app on my on my phone lately. Oh. Uh, it's like uh, we have these conversations. And I'm like, I can't remember what movies I saw this year. I knew at the end of this year we're probably going to do something like our best of the year or best of the decade. I'm like, I won't be able I won't be able to remember what I've seen. So I found an app I could start logging things in, and it's it's pretty fun trying to think of every movie I ever saw. I don't have your extensive spreadsheets that you've been keeping for <laughs> decades upon decades, apparently. But uh, when you open it up, it has uh, the most popular movies or trending movies are popular this week. And uh, the number one spot has been Parasite for a few weeks. But I don't know 
who the user community of this app is. I don't know if this is just like diehard people because it tends to be, you know, like right now the top three are Parasite, The King, The Lighthouse, wow, Dr. Okay. Sleep, Joker, and then the new Terminator. So, and then Midsummer has been on there, you know, so Jojo Rabbit's on there. So it tends to be, you know, kind of hip. Yeah. Yeah. Cinephiles kind of hip, hip things. And so Midsummer has been, or, uh, uh, Parasite's been number one. So, um, so yeah, so I didn't, I didn't know, um, how much of a sensation, uh, Parasite was causing. And it wasn't until after I'd seen it and I started reading a few interviews, just how many people are saying like, oh, this, they consider this Bong Juno's best, you know? Um, so I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't realize <laughs> just how, just how big the buzz had gotten on this. Right. This movie is incredibly enjoyable for all the things that it's talking about and all the things that happens. It's, it still remains kind of a real crowd pleaser, weirdly, um, but still not the type of crowd pleaser that I think would, would flock to it, you know, at like the multiplex. So like the fact that it has been getting more detention outside just the usual beret wearing crowd is, uh, if to use that as a pejorative, I'm sorry, I apologize. <laughs> let's, uh, shall we get into this? Shall we let's actually, get into it. Let's get into let's, it. Uh, let's and, talk again, about and again, if you're new to the show, this is the same thing it should be for every show and any show that talks about movies. We are lovers of movies, so we're going to talk about the things that happen in this movies. If you have not seen Parasite, do not listen to this show. I would hate to ruin this movie for you or any movie. But if you have, please let's down and get into this with us. So please. Let's do it. Let's do it. Now, I, I went in knowing nothing about this movie except the poster and uh, kind of catching wind that there was a class, a class division thing happening in the theme. So I was going in pretty cold. And, you know, like all of all of Bog Juno's movies have that class division thing, you know. So that wasn't that wasn't a surprise. So going in. OK, I, I divide this movie into into five acts, having seen it. Movie opens. We're in act one. In the semi-basement apartment of the Kims. Very interesting set. We just get some kind of vignettes of of them living their lives in this uh, very uh, distinctive, kind of kind of kind of sad, um, cluttered apartment. Trying to get Wi-Fi, a Wi-Fi signal. Their Wi-Fi has been turned off. Do you remember the first image of the movie? We see it three what times. Is, the, is it looking through the windows? What it's, is it? It's, it's looking through the window, and in the foreground, there is a hanging, circular hanging rack that they're drying socks from. Ah. In front of a window, which shows that they're at street level or below street level. And then uh, it comes. we see the socks again when they're not at their lowest point, but when things have, have broken down. All their machinations are... Uh, almost collapsed and then as they run back they find that their actual world has collapsed uh with the flood and um and then they show the socks getting wet from the flood from the floodwaters and then uh at the end we see them again during ki Wu's uh uh letter being read to his dad about what he plans for the future 
you know, which to me rings as this will always be, this will always be your lifestyle, just hanging your socks from a sub basement. We'll get, I, I want to get into the end later when we get there, but they come back to it three times. It's very purposeful, but I haven't, I hadn't fully worked out why it's socks we're looking at. <laughs> uh, okay. So we're, uh, yeah. So we're in this basement apartment, we're establishing this family and this, uh, and this, this setting of, of their home. I was, one thing really struck me, a few things really struck me about the design of this basement apartment. One is the bathroom where they find the Wi-Fi signal yeah. by going up on the toilet. But the toilet's like up on this elevated block. Like they have to yeah. climb up to get on to the, like the platform that their toilet's on in their bathroom. Have you ever seen anything like that before? No. I mean, I've seen strange layouts that are there from necessity, but I've never seen a toilet to where you cannot, the ceiling is so low you can't fully sit up straight. On, right? I, well, I have. I've encountered. Oh, you have toilets that I can't stand up in, like in right. restaurants, like in. Oh, uh, okay. When you're, the bathrooms in the basement, especially, right? European style, uh, kind of. But what it? Which they're, they're, I, I don't more know. More of those in Ann Arbor. I don't know if that's a if if that is something that actually uh, exists. If that's a common element in these sub basement apartments, but it certainly is evocative of a couple of things. One, you could just, on, on the surface, that means they are lower than shit. Shit rolls downhill. And they are actually lower ah, yeah. than that. Yeah. And then it's like the framework by which their life is designed by the society they were born into. They've designed it to where, well, this is where this is. It's it's impractical. It's out of the way. It It's dehumanizing but that's what you got. Uh, yeah, that's exactly it. Right. Yeah. I, I'm just remembering now there used to be this uh, great Twitter feed and it was like the worst bathrooms or something. What was it? <laughs> it was like all these fucked up bathrooms. And it was it was it, it was just like we legally have to put a toilet into the space and we're not going to design this any better than it already is. We're just going to cram it into like the worst fucking spot in your <laughs> shitty apartment. Right. Right. And right. so there's like a concrete block here and we're not going to jackhammer that. Sorry. Fuck you. Like, or put right. stairs here or anything right. like, you know, like that's where your toilet is. But also made me wonder if there was like a, like later, uh, maybe wonder if there's like a septic tank under there or something. Oh, right. There's yeah. like a plumbing, like, it's like a plumbing feature. And maybe that's just a, a style of bathroom design. I'm not familiar with, but that's what it made me think of too. Yeah. Just like, yeah, this is your fucked up little apartment. You know, deal with it. Yeah, Those are... you're right. Maybe there's pipes that like they can't go down any further, like in the ground. Like they weren't going to blast out the slab rock or whatever they're living on. That building is built yeah. on. So we have to. But the way the septic tanks work is, is it involves gravity. So we have to put it up for it to go down. And that's just, and, yeah, fuck you. That's just the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I loved about the. The set design here, yeah, which is all was very how, purpose, very well thought out, very intricately designed for also being unnoticeable in some degree. So go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Interrupt. It just looks so lived in, like yeah. uh, the way, the way it's it's very cluttered, 
just the way it's cluttered feels very authentic. Just mm-hmm. the, the things are like there's some kind of organization, but it's a haphazard organization, you know, like yeah. and things are kind of dirty in a, in a in a way that feels right. Yeah, but it doesn't it look designed. Like it doesn't look like a set designer came in and said, "Okay, I'm going to throw some stuff here to make it look lived in." It just looks lived right. in. <laughs> this isn't this isn't yeah. rent, you know. This right. is uh, <laughs> there's no stylization to their poverty right. here. It's, yeah, right. Exactly. And um, it, it really made me think just like watching them in this space that like the less you have, the more clutter you are likely to have in your living space just because you don't feel like you can get rid of anything, you know, right. Like oh, you can't cool. afford. No. Yeah. You can't afford to free up space because that that might come in useful in five years and I might not be able to replace it. Right. right. Like it's that Absolutely. kind of mindset that leads to. That kind of clutter and it just it, it just felt very um, I don't know like uh, well observed yes. or well uh, lived I, I don't know well if there's uh, anything you can say about Bong Joon Ho and his style of writing and filmmaking it's that it's everything is well observed that's number I mean, one something he does things that are incredibly stylized right oh completely uh, completely you know but this was this was not this this felt very very authentic this this space right. I mean, and then you go to the Parks House, or the, or the excuse me, I'm learning how to pronounce these correctly. The the Box House, they, from what I I read, I think that's actually three different houses combined to you know obviously the basement thing, uh, but the three levels above the basement are like three different houses that they co- yeah, and it was all at. designed from scratch for the movie exactly like it wasn't like exactly a, something they scouted. Oh right, 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 right. Like yeah. the like the Babadook, another movie I saw recently. Yeah, the house so. of the Babadook was designed and built for for that movie. I thought of the Babadook a lot uh, mm. because of Parasite, actually. Uh, and uh, Hereditary, another movie I watched this month. For, oh wow! For Halloween, yeah. there's another another <laughs> house that was built in the studio for uh, for the movie. Anyway, so okay, so we're establishing. Their uh, their their desperate straits, um, the fact that they're always on the hustle mm-hmm. to try to make money. They have the we have the folding the fast food boxes uh, and letting the fast food boxes get sprayed with insecticide. Yeah, that that I could so not that stop thinking about that. Box. They're like, well, we can get the extermination for free, but then you're like, oh, all those boxes. I couldn't. The OCD yeah. part of me went nuts. I really love the shot of him looking at the you like there's someone on youtube showing you how you can fold these boxes faster and he's looking at it through the fumigation waves puffs of smoke and trying to focus on that and and the, the and one the fact that someone is showing them how to do that to me shows it's so common that someone would be doing this for their income that they they need someone produced a video online for it and 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 then the next scene on the second viewing made me really uh, I thought was really well uh, put together in that they didn't put them together very well right the the lady was complaining about it but what they did do well was subterfuge and their charm and their con artist skills that they did do well they didn't do the physical labor well that's it right that's where they establish that's where they establish their uh, where their strengths are they got they got some con game Right, right. They're smooth talkers when they uh, when they need to be. 
They need to be exactly. I did one. I did think that they were going to get in trouble because someone got sick from (laughs) bug spray being all over the boxes. I thought that's where we were headed with that. So then the son's friend drops by, his rich friend, and brings this gift of this stone, which in the subtitles I believe they call a landscape stone. Yeah. And I've heard referred to elsewhere as uh, an ancestor stone. Mm-hmm. Now, if you try to search landscape stone, yeah. <laughs> you get a lot of hits for landscaping yeah. gravel or right, exactly. decorative boulders. If you search for landscape stone uh, parasite or landscape stone Korea, that doesn't help a lot. So I was no. trying to figure out like what's the cultural significance of this of this stone, and I did find it in an interview with Bong Joon Ho. Um, where it, it was like a traditional gift that old people used to give, and it's it's not something that's really given anymore. Okay. So it's like a, a, a he didn't make this comparison, but it sounded like a fruitcake or something like <laughs> that. You would, <laughs> I see that that just doesn't happen anymore. But it used to be commonplace, and so it's already it kind of has um, that kind of cultural echo the way that right. uh, a fruitcake does for us. Uh, when Kiwu says, this is so metaphorical, I can't, yes. is that the first time he see, says it when he looks at the stone or is he said, does he say so. that before? Because I think that's the first time, but it gets said several times in the, in the, the movie. The first time he says it with the stone, I think he's joking. I think he's being sarcastic. And then when he says it again at the buffet with all the drivers, I was like, oh, maybe he wasn't being sarcastic. I don't know. Yeah. I wasn't sure. It's a funny moment. Yeah. Even the first time he says it, it's like it felt like the big yellow arrow on the yeah. script saying, <laughs> "Okay, folks, pay attention to this movie. <laughs> pay attention to the stuff in this movie. Okay, it means something." I liked that though. I I, I didn't I didn't mind that at all. Um, I thought it was funny. <laughs> and then the and then the turning point, like the act one ends with him getting offered the the tutor job. Right. His friends going away. Um, because he's been tutoring, he's been tutoring this uh, high school girl, and he's romantic with her in a way that seems ridiculous when we hear about it. He wants to reserve that, yeah, right. It makes him seem pathetic and like, uh, yeah, kind of clueless. But he's going away. But he's going to propose to uh, to to the student he's been tutoring once she enters college. Which then, why he's going away? I don't know if it's like a military service. I don't remember if they say why. I can't remember. I didn't register it as being anyway. significant. Okay. That's yeah. That 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 tracks with how I watched it too. Okay. So that <laughs> takes us into Act Two. That's like the precipitating event to take us into Act Two. And now we're in the in the, the story's taken off. Um we get this is the con the big right. con job section of the movie, right? Where right. Uh, it, it feels like this is going to be the whole movie. Is, is right. Is you get to feel this, this delicious thing of them just weaving their way in, uh, which yeah. is delicious. Just, and, and how how far into it did you get when you just flat out realized, you know, they aren't presenting the parks as being any people who are like doing anything that would warrant us really taking pleasure in in them being conned, right? Well. Uh, I'll tell you the moment when that occurred to me, mm-hmm. and um, 
And it was the way they handled the uh, firing the driver, that they're discreet about it. Right. And that they don't want to embarrass him. Right. Right. It's like, you know, I don't. I, he's got his freedom. I don't want to tell him what he can't do. But, you know, doing but, the backseat of my car, car, that's not cool. That's crossing in, a line. Exactly. You know, and like that's that's completely reasonable. <laughs> completely, right? you know? yeah. And he was like, I want to trust uh, this and that. And like, the, yeah, they're, yes, they have their um, – they give little hints of the things we expect from – like when we first see the mother who – but we'll get into the performances – in this movie, I think, but which I thought were great across the board. She's amazing. The, the, the yeah. Mrs. Park. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. The performances all around. Are really and, great. and Chung Sook, I thought was uh, the, the, the matriarch of the Kim family. I actually thought she was particularly good. Yeah. She's uh, great. Yeah. I hope she gets nominated. Her part isn't as flashy as the other ones, but I thought, I thought she was, really amazing actually um but yeah when when the old housekeeper uh when we we introduced to the when we introduced to the uh, matriarch of the park family the housekeeper goes out to find her slumped on the on a cafe table in the yard and yes. has to wake her up with a with a clap i know and so that was such a true moment yeah <laughs> it really was it's like you have to pretend you don't notice that she just fell asleep on the table and find right. a way to wake her up. That There's no way, like, you both know that you're not just walking around the backyard clapping your hands. Right. But you have to <laughs> do it and then act like you didn't do it. Yeah, and act like it wasn't. both a... of you the embarrassment. Exactly. And then she sits right up. It's such a perfect moment. But in a way, we kind of do all get tons of assumptions of who she is at that moment. Which are not all true, but we just kind of get them all. We're like, oh, okay, I got this woman now. You know? Which, again, uh, uh, those assumptions aren't entirely all true. But uh, Well, I don't know. I mean, the vapidity is... Um, mm -hmm. That doesn't really go away. No, does that it? doesn't. Not really. I mean, that's kind of what she just... I mean, what that establishes right off the bat is that she just like has slumped over asleep over her table is that she lives kind of an inert life. Yeah. She's not, she doesn't really do anything. She doesn't really need to do anything. <laughs> exactly. This, you know, this isn't, this isn't a direct corollary to this because they don't, they don't say anything about her having any sort of form of substance abuse at all. But it really reminds, I couldn't help thinking in that moment of, uh, uh, the Simpsons when, uh, when Homer gets a job with Hank Scorpio, the bond, the bond villain and they get moved to a new house and Marge, I love this moment so much where Marge goes into the bath, the kitchen to clean. And then suddenly the robots come out and clean the kitchen floor. And she's like, Oh, and then she goes into the room to do vacuuming and the walls come out and vacuum the room for her. And then she goes in the bathroom and the bathroom robots clean the bathroom. And she goes, Oh, well, I guess now with all those chores done, I can, I can do whatever I want. And she sits for a second and then she just pulls out wine and starts drinking. <laughs> just starts boozing. And then she's a drunk the whole rest of that episode. And it was just, it, it was so, he's like, yeah, I could do anything I want. And then it's just, you know, self-medicating. I don't need I to no hold myself together for anything. <laughs> 
But that, again, that's not what this did. But it did remind me of that. So the the inert life of the well, everything's done for me. I don't have to. I don't have nothing to occupy my time chore wise. So, and if I'm not doing anything else, then what am I doing? Right. And we've been told uh, as um, as Kiwu, uh, who's now going by the name of Kevin. Uh, has been told us she's not very bright, right? She's, right. she's going to be easy to fool. She's simple, um, they say. <laughs> simple, that's and, right. And I You'll love, see. I love that. What I mean, I love that line from Chung Sook where she says uh, they can afford to be nice because they're rich, and she says money, money is like an iron; it just irons it all out. And yeah. I, money irons out the wrinkles. So she, and I, I love that. So well, that's much. what you. That's what you see. Right. I mean, that's what you learn about the parks over time is that they yeah. they have this big spacious house. They don't have any clutter because mm -hmm. anything that they need, they could get, right? Yeah. Uh, and they can afford the space to, to tidy things up. They can afford someone to tidy things up for them, right? right. They don't have to – their whole uh, existence is they've, they've – they're in this fortress where they mm -hmm. don't feel like that – so they don't have to interact with other people. Right. Right. Um, they don't, they don't... Even have to smell them, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, right, right. You know, and that becomes the recurring theme is that uh, everyone's okay as long as they don't cross the line. Right. Crossing the line means getting too close to me or like making me see or feel something I don't want to feel. Right. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think of it that way, but yeah. I just thought the cross right? the line of propriety, like the time he thinks about it, like when uh, uh, I think Ch uh, Mr. Kim is driving – Kitek is is driving him around and impressing uh, the Mr. Park so much, and then there's a cutoff. Someone cuts him off. He's like, ah, and then corrects himself, and then maybe looks a little too long, not at the road. And he's like, turn back around, but then he says, you know, he I always think he's going to cross the line. He never crosses the line, except yeah. that smell. Right, the smell crosses the line. I love that that when he's under the coffee table and when you hear Dong Si talk about Donny talk about the uh, Mr. Kim's smell and then you're just zooming in on his face with his eyes closed, just trying not yeah. to trying not to hear, trying not to feel how offensive what he's saying is. So casually, yeah. so casually, just uh, it's 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 killer. It is killer. It's humiliating, but it's also infuriating. Yes, right? right. It's like, you know, not only can I not help the way I smell, I would smell better if I could, right? Right. But, uh, but that you, <laughs> you, you don't, you can't stand to be reminded of the fact that I can't smell better. Right. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. You know. Right. That. Uh, the, that it's not it's not enough that if I'm to be poor I must also be at a remove from you right right like that's the that's what if it's the proximity that's offensive right <laughs> yes not you know? not the fact that the fact that your environments and your conditions are are causing this to be what you what you are marinating in all day long yeah uh, it's like I'm not gonna you know the guy's not offering to do anything about the smell I mean this is yeah. his, a guy in his employ who is hanging around with them, you know, eight hours, 10 hours a day, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like, 
they could offer to help. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. I mean, granted, the key, the, the Kims are presenting themselves as being higher class than they are. That is true. OK, let's talk. OK, let's get into that. So. Okay. Um, real, real quick, though. Yeah, OK, real quick, though. I, I, I just really wanted to, there's a moment near the end. The first time that um, Mrs. Park notices the smell her husband was talking about when she and Mr. Kim are out picking up uh, food for the party. And the thing that I thought was pretty amazing was that she's in the back seat of the car talking on the phone when she notices the smell and she's like, oh, that's what he's talking about and kind of rolls the window down. But you notice that her feet, mm -hmm. she's got her bare feet, shoes kicked off on the headrest in his space. Yes. She's got her bare feet, which I yeah. would think would be yeah. a real fuck you in that culture, in his space. And then she's going, oh, <laughs> I better, that's that smell. I better roll that down. I thought that was a pretty, yeah. pretty amazing that's moment. That's a good observation. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you, by the way, for um, in the notes uh, spelling out. Oh, all yeah, because I, I realized after it was over, I uh, realized I only them. knew like one or two. I knew Chung Sook and Da Song, and that was about it. <laughs> and I went, oh, I got to get all these names right if we're going to talk about it. I only remembered the uh, yeah Jessica the anglicized and, uh, names. Uh, one because uh, the 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 sister Ki yeah. uh, Jung, yeah, uh, goes by Jessica, and then says yeah. she attended <laughs> Illinois State. My sister is named Jessica and attended Illinois That's State University. Great. So that was Jessica Lamar. That was funny. Um, the similarities <laughs> end there between the characters. Um, but I got to say, in, in a movie of great performances, I think my favorite performance was uh, the actress who played uh, 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 Ki yeah. Jung. She's really good. Or Jessica, um, the art therapist. The way the the, the yeah. scenes where she's handling, well, the scenes where she's doing the Photoshop in the in the lab, but then when she's the way she handles the 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 park that she can come um, in and just command them all. Matron. Yeah. And then later, the way she comes in, just commands them all. And then later, at the dinner, just said, "Oh, I just th read that one thing, and then I just made up the rest." <laughs> yeah, right. You're like, wow. You know, she's like, okay, <laughs> this is this is going into therapy now, and so the rates will be considerably higher. <laughs> is that all right with you? And then she gets the mother to thank her for charging more. You yeah, know, exactly. Like that was the that was the brilliant moment. So when they when they go there, yes, they do present themselves as higher class. So, um, and we don't really okay suspension of disbelief moment. We don't really find out like how they're capable of dressing so nice or even like yeah keeping their hair looking that good. Like they right. all look like they went out and got blowouts or something <laughs> and they show up to the park house. <laughs> <laughs> they look good, you know. Yeah, the first one, um, Ki Woo is, is the first. He's he's the most disheveled at first, but then when they realize what they got, you know, I was surprised. Yeah. The second viewing, uh, Ki Jung Jessica gets the uh, her sundress from a pile of clothes donated for the flood. 
you know, and then she puts on that sundress and goes to the fancy party and she looks like, oh, fits, yeah, yeah, she looks yeah. like she fits right in. Yeah. So I guess we just, you know, I mean, I guess we just, we come to understand their resourcefulness. Right. Um, as they all infiltrate each other. Like when they, the, like uh, when they go to the car dealer to find all the new options on a yeah. car. Yeah. Right. So pretty he's, so he familiar on the car and yeah. then he's totally smooth about it in the, in the moment. Um, and so this this whole section is very entertaining. This is like a yeah. the Ocean's Eleven. Right? Yeah, exactly. The, the movie, Sting, right? Ocean Eleven. Yeah, very very pleasurable. Yeah, and you're just um, you you just enjoy watching how clever they are and how good they are at pulling this off. Is there ever a moment though, like at this point in the movie, where uh, they're, I mean, they're being fundamentally dishonest? Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Right. Is there ever a moment where uh, it get, got harder for you to root for them in this stage, in this act of the movie? Well, that's the interesting part. Well, yes and no. Uh, because, again, what this movie does and does so brilliantly, at least for my Western eyes, was it was really challenging uh, uh, my notion of how I even view stories how I view stories in general, like by the nature, you're like, okay, they're the underdogs. They're, they're shown resourceful. They, but the movie never actually comes out and says, look how, uh, look what's making them downtrodden. They just are right. And, yeah. I, and which we kind it, of, well, no, it does get it. Uh, there is a, the bit in the conversation in the car between, oh. um, the dad, the two dads, uh, as a driver about how, um, uh, I think it's when he's giving the card for uh, yeah. the housekeeping service. Something about when a job opened up, uh, it, would, it would immediately be he was competing with all these grad students. Oh, there's some, right. There's some bit there about how, or maybe it's when they're they're talking as a family as they're eating about yeah. like, all the failed uh, jobs they've had in the cake had, shop. The cake shop and the failed. Apparently, the cake shop is a culturally significant detail. Like there was a wave of yeah, it must have been. Because there were two uh, like, people you know, that, had, that had cake shops that failed, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like there was there was a, a there was a wave of people who were out of work, and so they opened cake shops to apparently cater to the wealthy, and then they went mm. out of fashion, or they all there were right. too many. It was too much of a bubble, and and they all lost their money. But I do also um, think that that was to tie the two families together, you know, to make show that they were the. The, uh, the 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 art family and then the family they we didn't know about uh, yet uh, to tie them together to show them like look they're the same they're in the same boat kind of thing. Um, well, let's get back to this. Yeah, let's I'm get not, back I'm to not this. remembering the second the second okay. cake shop. Uh, so tell me when we get there. Tell me when it comes. Up. I will. I will. But as I, as I say, the the um, where I started to feel, I'm watching the movie and then there comes a point somewhere along the line, especially. When the when the housekeeper well it's kind of when the housekeeper gets, I mean the driver gets booted you're like, oh okay that's that's clever but whatever, excuse yeah. me, but then when the housekeeper gets booted you're like this is going too far, like yeah, that's right like she's yeah. she's she's she predates them she's been in the house longer than the yeah. Park family. She seems like a decent person. She's been right. treating them well. And they like present her with a health risk. Like they not yes. only are right. 
doing the subterfuge to get her fired, but they're mm-hmm. actually like causing her health problems in the right. process of it, doing it. I mean, albeit it's hilarious when he pulls that bloody tissue out of the out of the uh, trash. I mean, they do it so hysterically, just like. Let's <laughs> turn to the camera. I mean, it's hysterical, but at the same time, you're like, oh, like, like this is this is going too far in a way. Oh, I didn't even think about it until right now. You know, I constantly talk about, um, or constantly in our conversations about um, the uber wealthy, uh, and when is when is enough enough? When is enough money accumulated wealth? enough and it's, it's always like it's never enough it's never enough wealth you just got to keep going and going and going and going and going and going and how that's a real problem and in this it kind of had the same feeling it was like when isn't en- when is enough enough Park kim family <laughs> like you've already got three of you in this tangled into this house right. you know and so that, that's kind of that, a capitalistic yeah that was a problem i had with this phase of the movie mm is we aren't seeing I kept wondering like how this was actually improving to what degree this was actually improving their lot yeah cuz they, they did you know? it, it didn't show the side of them where they were oh now we've got a better house or we had our apartment now we're eating better food now we're wearing better you know they it didn't sh- they seemed to get paid but you didn't see that money going towards anything of their home away from the park employment, right? You see them eating better. Yeah, they are eating it. Well, there's yeah. After Kiwoo gets it, there's like one, or when Kiwoo and Jessica are in there, they they're now at a a buffet for drivers, right? Yeah. So you see which that establishes once. the red sauce that they put on the right, right, right Kleenex, which was but nice. They, you don't see like this usually in movies like this where people are conning, where you see kind of like the accumulated wealth to them, and then you see it get to their heads and stuff like that. In this, you don't. Yeah. And like the weird part, well, the, the interesting part about it to me is that I think the discomfort that you were kind of mentioning there is thoroughly purposeful. The movie is called Parasite, and so you're. I go into the movie thinking, okay, I'm going to see a movie about who's a parasite on who, the poor on the rich or the rich on the poor, right? And like, you know, the rich view the poor as the parasite when really the rich are, you know, actually a parasite on the poor. And then we see this yeah, movie yeah. where I walk in and all I'm seeing is the poor being the parasite on the rich. And, and yet it's a thoroughly entertaining and delicious. And I'm going, okay, well, wait a second, what's going on? Uh, and and then and then the rest of the movie kind of kicks in. Yeah, it was when the house. To answer your question, yeah, it was when the housekeeper gets replaced, and the first time you see Chung Sook come in with a different haircut and a different blouse, and you're like, okay, something. This is this is going too far. It starts. You go, this can't end well. <laughs> right, and we get uh, Sun King Ho. Like grabs his wife's butt, <laughs> like right in front of the family, because right. they're all so happy. Uh, but there's something else in this in this act though that is also like, uh, hello Kim family, and that's uh, the the son macking on his student. Yeah, I mean, let's you know, I mean, not even considering the fact that men told him I'm I'm asking you to do it, take the job because I don't want these guys 
hitting on her and trying to steal her. And then the first thing he does is his, his, his start kissing on her. And we can only assume it's just for the job security. Like, he oh does, yeah, yeah. Because she advances right? him. She puts her hand on his arm, and he's and he goes with it, just to keep. You no, know. No, 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 oh. no, 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 no. Oh, that's his first r- lesson with her. Right. When he feels her pulse. It's my favorite shot of the whole movie. Right, right. When he's after he's grabbed her pulse and has been like, you have to attack your test. You can't go back to. You know, the heart doesn't lie. And then he puts her hand down. We just get the close up of her hand and she moves it over. And then one finger just lifts up the, the flap of the page. Yeah. It's like the beautifully, beautifully yeah. choreographed shot. It's my favorite shot of the whole movie. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, Because when he takes her hand and the mom sits up and she both, the, you know, yeah. she and her mom both, <gasps> like, yeah. yeah. No, he's, he's that's part of the con. He's definitely yeah. trying to get her heart racing. So that she'll want him to keep coming back. Right, right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, my. That's the very first. That's the very first uh, time in the house. I watched it wrong. So there's something <laughs> morally questionable from the get go. Even right. if you're rooting for this family, like you really have to target the teenage girl. You know. Right. Exactly. Uh, this movie does a just a fantastic job of of giving that delicious conflicting. Uh, notion of like you side with them but yet you're also fully aware that they're morally questionable from the get-go like this shouldn't be happening the parks have done nothing to bring this on and the parks are nothing but open arm and then well that's i mean that's, that's not, not true either that's not i mean yeah, the parks right, are right. like you know we don't there's no reason that they deserve the money that they have more than the kims do right right no it's absolutely. not like we see it's not like you see Mr. Park do anything well. He, you know, <laughs> That's true. He works at an electronics company. He's presented with some headphones. He doesn't yeah. know mm-hmm. exactly the details of them or how they work, apparently. Right. Like in, just in two lines of dialogue, it's like, uh, does this one have a microphone? No, we didn't have room for the microchip right. or whatever. I don't I don't remember what the yeah, I don't what remember the, either, the detail but it was. was, but he's just like looking to approve a bunch of headphones that he doesn't seem to know anything especially about right yeah exactly um, yeah they're so right they like, don't what, appear deserving at all right and and yeah, there's and uh and they seem like lazy to boot like you know they're just kind of loaf around and mm-hmm. and don't have any particular aspirations except to be comfortable right right which in uh, fairness status right? which in fairness is what most people do aim for to be comfortable to not have to be disc or rather to not have to be uncomfortable anymore. But know? if that's all you want to do, that's true. Yeah. You know, well, then we get in, uh, the, then we get into the, the, the nobility of purpose rather than just what is, what is morally right for what is, what is a, what is a morally right standard of living, you know, regardless of whatever well, your like aspirations are. Yeah, like what's the justice in the parks living the way they do and the Kims having to live the way they do? Exactly. Like what's the like what's the justification for it? Yeah. I always think it, from what if from what we see it's not that the parks work harder, right? <laughs> That's right. Exactly. It's not yeah, it's not that they've oh, they they they're lazy, they don't earn it. It's like no, no. It reminds me of George Carlin's famous quote of you don't have to be a 
a bleeding heart liberal to notice that there's something wrong if you have cinnamon flavored dental floss and people living in the streets. You know, he goes, there's something wrong and it'll get you angry. So the housekeeper has been dislodged from her position and Da Song's birthday comes. Oh, well, you should probably get into Da Song's tr- trauma. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. How he saw a ghost on his uh, one of his birthdays, and uh, the and the mom spills all this out just by Jessica pointing out an area on the on comment on the paintings. Well, she does just fill it all out. We're, we're oh. teased with it for a long time. Oh, that's right, right. He had a trauma, and I've been staring at that the whole time. There was an incident. All we know is that there was an incident on his birthday, yeah. and that's it, why they won't have it in the house. Is it there that he said that she says um, when he faints, you have only fifteen minutes to get to the doctor? And this that's later. Because that, okay, that's, that's when she tells the whole story. That's when she tells the that's whole when story. She says yeah. what, what he's scared of. He'll phone, he'll phone with the mouth, and we only got 50. She's been told that she's only got 15 minutes to get there before they can do anything. That's what they call a 15 minute incident. <laughs> Which plays into a lot there at the end in the climax. The second time I saw it, the entire crowd erupted with laughter, and I had missed it the first time when, you know, Da Song is running all around the house, uh, firing bow and arrow, and and sticking arrows out of his butt and stuff everywhere. He's just kind of running around crazy. And then when Jessica is is running her art therapy, mm-hmm. she comes back up to see them sitting at the table, and he's calm and collected. He gets up, he bows, and walks away. And the whole audience right. just laughs because it's like it's a different kid, and it's with yeah. you know this who's got a firm. This is what you're doing now. Don't come in here now. Leave it outside, you know. Got a, a different uh, a style leader, and he's a different kid. <laughs> yeah, you can sympathize sympathize with that as a parent. It's like, yeah, exactly. why don't they? Why can't I? Why? Why? And then the uh, the which you know the th- the bow and arrow they ordered from America, and then the tent is that okay? I ordered it from the U.S., so it should be fine. <laughs> right, they got a good laugh too. So I. Uh, so this is my favorite detail in the in the movie is the fact that the kid is obsessed with American Indians, as they call mm-hmm. them, in the subtitles. I'm trying to come up with a, my trademark term. I think I called it a keystone detail in uh, when we were talking about Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Uh-huh. It's like the one the one detail that like it sticks out and it couldn't have been in there by an accident, and so it must be like the thematic key. Which is the kiss the in in, in uh, invasion, right? The kiss in the seventies invasion kiss. of the body snatchers, right? Yeah. It's like it's such an odd scene, and it would be so easy to cut out, but they left it in, so it must it must be there for important reason. Same here thing here with uh, with Dasong being into Indians. Like it could have been they don't have, he doesn't have to be into Indians to show him being rambunctious and right. No, 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 not at all, and out of control. He doesn't have to be in them to be camping in the backyard, which is sort of a plot point uh, or, uh, you know, part of the plot gear yeah. turning in uh, in the next in the storm uh, uh, act of the movie. But I think the fact that it's it's American Indians is significant. It has to be a, de- a decision made with care. Right. In the making of the movie. And for me, it um, immediately reminded me of. 
the final track from one of my favorite albums, uh, Headless Heroes of the Apocalypse by Eugene McDaniels, uh, an album I discovered completely by accident, but apparently this is like, you know how there are comedians, comedians? This yeah, is yeah. apparently like one of those musicians albums where um, <laughs> lots of like R&B and hip hop musicians are like really into this album and it gets sampled uh, in influential ways. Which I can see why, because when you recommended it to me, I've I've only heard the first half, and then I I got to the end uh, just before the show, and it's incredible. It's a fantastic. It's a great album. album. When Pandora first started, and like their whole thing was, we have mapped out the musical mm-hmm. DNA, and so if you pick any song, we will find songs that are similar in rhythm and bass and lyrical content and blah blah blah. And so I forget when I was listening to that. Uh, and just like random songs would come on. This song, Jagger the Dagger, from Headless Heroes of the Apocalypse would come on, and it had this such this haunting, weird haunting sound um, that I couldn't get it out of my head, and so then I had to get the album. But the last track, nothing to do with Jagger the Dagger, which is about Mick Jagger. <laughs> um, yeah, when did, the album, when did the album come out? I couldn't place it. Like 1971, I think. Oh, okay. Right. I figured it was The last that. track is called The Parasite. And it's about European settlers coming to America and meeting the Native American and completely screwing them over, right? <laughs> um, and uh, and it, it like the parasite that not in the lyrics at all, but it's it's understood that the Europeans are parasites on on the land and on the the natives that they they come and bleed to death essentially. Um, and so that's like you know you you. You you already brought it up that this this movie is really about how this family seems like they're being parasites on the parks. They end up competing with other parasites yeah. on the park family. Who, of who gets but to really be the, the fact that who gets yeah. to be right? Who gets to be the parasite? Who gets to subsist off of this family? But then the fact that this park family has more money than they need. Yeah, and they're not. They're not especially bad people, not especially bad right. people. They're not, they're not especially undeserving of this money. It's just that nobody's really right. deserving of this much money when nobody else – when so many yeah. people like could use a share of that and that like actually they're the ones who are the parasites on, on this entire neighborhood and the fact that yeah. they've like leached all the money out of that out of that neighborhood in one way or another. Well, there's there's a there's anyway. A, so that's what the American Indian thing said yeah. to me is like it's this, it, these people who were seen as the parasites, but really they were preyed upon. Right. The European was the one who's literally doing, like you said, the invasing, and then the leeching, and then the yeah. uh, bleeding dry. And um, they were the right that they were the infectious body in the American host. Yeah. Exactly. Um, now in the movie Parasite, it, it's it's more like. Um, a Mobius strip. It's more like a snake eating his tail, because like because the parks are. Oh, oh, thank you. The park, the Kims are invading this system and duplicating themselves and 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 leeching off this. But because the system has only made it to be like you said, the system has made it to where the 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 rich community is doing that to the entire community. So. Um, there was a well, the system sucks right uh, right now in the city of Los Angeles, as you may be aware, there are countless amounts of fires 
and just today, hours before the taping of this podcast, the uh, Barham uh, Boulevard, uh, Barham Pass fire, which just lit up 34 acres on the side of the Hollywood Hills on the, on the valley side, just occurred. And to the amazing credit of the Los Angeles Fire Department, was out in under three hours. I mean, was contained, put it that way. But I watched it from my roof because I am less than a mile away from there. I watched from my roof. Yikes. Uh, and saw, and like, yeah, it's, it was, it's like, was right there next to Warner Brothers and, uh, and, uh, Universal. Entire mountain was lit up. I saw flames higher than tallest buildings around here. And, um, there's a, a theory that's been floating around this house that, like, this is, this is, um, coming back on the rich. Is that the rich have made everyone so economically depressed that we've all lost our jobs, we've all lost our homes. There's the homeless population has skyrocketed. Everyone's living paycheck to paycheck, one hair's breadth away from not losing everything. I know what that's like. And they're taken to living in the woods and either by their living or by their, uh, uh, you know, what they're trying to do, maybe little fires get started, the fires start to burn down and burn down the rich people's homes like they'd had in Brentwood over there we don't know what the cause of these fires are but some people around here uh have a uh kind of notion have a theory that you know not saying it's not trying to blame the homeless but like saying this is the richest fault like like they they're they're enriching themselves to protect themselves but because they're draining everyone and making them all homeless then it's eventually going to impede upon their crude wealth and security uh, because that's just I thought the it was a drought in the Santa Ana winds. Well, that's true. But like one of the fires uh, up in the uh, uh, up in the uh, Santa Clarita area, one of those was confirmed started by a guy using a power tool. His power tool hit a rock, sparked, started a fire, and he tried to put it out with his jacket, but the jacket caught fire and blew away. And that's I'm how sorry, that one that started. Support the theory. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's how that one started. So yeah, it's just a theory. It. I brought it up because it played into this kind of more circle of. It's the circle of life destruction because of capitalism. There's that. Well, you know what's good for putting out forest fires? A good heavy rain. Yeah, which, which we don't get brings us here. to the next chapter of this movie uh, right after this bathroom break. Okay. And we're back. Um, actually, quick while we're stopped, uh, I wanted to say something about the the marketing of this movie. Um, the you said you went into it pretty well. Had you seen the trailer at all before you? I had not. I had not steadfastly avoided it. Well, let me say I'm incredibly impressed with the trailer of this movie, but I was only impressed with the trailer after I saw the movie. Yes, it's it interests me and made me go. Yes, that's a movie I want to see. But it did the thing that I hate, which where they they had a quote from a critic that said a parasite starts out one way and then mutates into something completely different, and then the then the trailer changes from this great comedic, wonderful tone to thriller pounding music, dum, 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 blah, blah, blah. and you're like, okay, so now I know to expect a twist. I know there's going to be a tonal shift. It's going to go from funny to uh, a thriller. Great. Thanks for blowing that. You know, but it's a 
Bong Joon-ho you know, movies. Yeah, so I know. Expect I anyway, expected right? that anyway. But at the same time, I was like, come on, guys. What, you know, do you have to signal there's going to be that until we see it? And yeah. they're right. That's what we got. But when I saw the movie, I realized that the, what they, how brilliantly they made the trailer was they told you what you were going to get, but everything they showed after, I think there's like two shots from the trailer after that, after it tells you there's a shift and it gets into the kind of thriller thing. There's only two shots from the movie that actually happen after the twist, ha after the, the mutation happens. It's mm -hmm. everything from the front. And one shot is just her, is the wet uh, Jessica turning around in the rain and then the kind of the blood splatter on, on the toast from the party, but it's just the plate you see. And so that's all you see. Everything else is they do the thriller stuff. Uh, they show thriller shots that all happened before. They, they uh, used images from other things from the beginning of the movie that weren't thriller moments. And I thought it was really great. Um, so kudos to them. However, that's good. I do have to take issue with their radio ads. Their radio ads were weird. Like I'm, I, I, I pull like this one up. Movie has radio ads. Yeah, I listen to the radio. I, I have an hour and a half commute every day, pretty much. And like, I just thought the radio ads were weird. I got one up here. Let's I, see if we can't. Like, it didn't seem like. I, I, I wonder I, if those play outside Los Angeles and New York City. I, I don't know, I but see what it. you think about this. This was really weird what they did. Coming like, to theaters this fall, Parasite. See it with someone that, you, that you love. Bong Joon-ho's Parasite. It's weird. <laughs> the winner of the Palme d'Or. Go see Parasite. Yeah. Not yeah, the one it. with Demi Moore. In one of her first starring roles. That was 82. Not that See, it doesn't even fit the tone of the movie at all. Parasite. I mean, uh, oh, jeez. See, I mean, not even considering the fact that it's so not the movie's tone, it, they spend most of the lyrics talking about a totally different movie that they don't even want you to confuse it with. Like, it's it's weird. Like, here's another one. They did another one like this. It was like like... It looks like it's from the same people, but uh, yeah. See, it's the same thing. I I can't believe anybody would produce such a thing. No, it's like it's like they're sticking with the song parody thing, and it's like they it's like a guy at his desk in a garage band. I can't even believe Neon paid for that. I I don't get it. Well, here's an here's another one. Let's see what this one. This one looks like it might be different. Oh, it's more promising. It doesn't have the song parody. Okay. That's good. Oh no. I'm deadly serious. Take me down to the parasite cellar where the walls are green. You can hide from debtors. I want you see Take me down to the parasite cellar where the walls are green. You can hide from debtors. I guess they're trying to, you know, See, I, bring that lowbrow audience in somehow. To, it's just weird. Like, <laughs> Kudos to the trailer makers. They did good. But the radio ad people, 
if you paid for that, I'm sorry. They shouldn't have gone that route. Uh, I think we should get them to do the You Watch the Wrong jingle. As oh, yeah. Track right. them down. <laughs> well, you know, just look for it on, on, on uh, YouTube. It's uh, Parasite City radio ad. It's It's awful. I mean... I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be associated with that. I mean, also they I give away the they give away the second half of the movie in that one when the housekeeper comes back and and that whole sequence with when they go downstairs and then when there's an actual tunnel, it's the first movie in a long time where I'm like going, oh my god, what is going to happen? What yeah. am I watching? What is going to happen? You're just oh. on your, on your, like, like every cell in your body is like, what am I about to see? And I haven't felt that forever. And they blow it in that radio ad. And then they even tell why he's down there. They say there's a cellar. They say he's hiding from debtors. They give the whole movie away. How do they even allow that to be on the air? It's so dumb. The fact that he's hiding from debtors isn't like a particularly exciting detail. Like you wouldn't... <laughs> think that that's going to sell your movie and it even it just sounds like it rhymes it doesn't even rhyme with seller but it just sounds like it does and they went with that well you know when no, you're working on deadline I yeah <laughs> you gotta you cut them some that. slack uh okay so we are in and they even missed the best one what happened oh, what that? about i got two tickets to parasite that should have been the one that would have been yeah I even thought Maybe about thought open, opening the show that way. It would and discourage people from going in larger groups. Right. So they <laughs> wanted to throw it in three or four. I mean, or what about Parasite by Dashboard Light? That would have been one you could have done. It'd be like a seven-minute long commercial. Exactly. Well, you know. Have I established that's dumb? That's dumb. <laughs> so moving they on. They could have composed, uh, uh, you know, the, the novel... The pair of novels, Parasite Lost and Parasite Found, <laughs> they could have like put up parody novels. Yeah, they were just so into song parodies. By, uh, they by totally. Milton. And then if they really wanted to, they could have you know backed it with Thirty Eight Specials Back to Parasite, except that was the theme to Revenge of the Nerds Two: Nerds and Parasite. <laughs> <laughs> there aren't a lot of nerds in Parasite. <laughs> there aren't a lot of nerds in Parasite. Yeah. Yet people always just cheerleaders always assume nerds have them. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> so as I map out the the structure, the the story structure of uh, plus structure of Parasite, I say Act Three begins. When they're packing for the camping trip. Act so three? We find out that they're going Act away. Act three? Act th really? I would say Act one is oh. the begins with the beginning of the movie and then ends with the guy's friend telling him he can get this job, uh, take over his job as tutor to this, this girl in the Park family. Act two begins with forging his credentials. It begins the con artist section of the movie, mm -hmm. forging his credentials up through uh, getting the, the mom hired as on the housekeeper, getting the housekeeper, original housekeeper right. fired and the mom hired in the housekeeper. And that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's act two, that whole section. Act three, I would say begins with uh, the, the park family preparing to leave for the camping trip. No. And then the whole rainstorm and flood section 
uh, of the movie. I I call that Act Three. Of a five-act uh, five story. Oh, a five-act story. See, I would say in the traditional three-act yeah. structure, this would be... But this is not a three-act structure. The movie does not end uh, with the flood. No, <laughs> uh, no. There are more, but more I would, scenes in the movie. I would say if in a traditional three-act structure, this would probably be the middle of the second act, the midpoint. When the house... Distinct when the house... The movie. The, the, yeah, you're probably right. But if you were, try, if you were trying to cram this into a traditional three-act... The movie changes on a dime, shifts when the housekeeper comes back. But yes, yeah. um, but the I think the lead up to that is critical. Oh, absolutely. And and if we were, I mean, it, it happens in the middle of a scene, so it would yeah. be hard to. <laughs> oh, be that... hard to change your act in the middle of a scene, right? Right, right, right. Um, I had something about that scene. Oh, yeah, it was something about how Kitake, the embodying the performance that he does. And like later how he has to tell his kids, no, I have a plan. I have a plan. There's a plan just to get them to mm -hmm. move forward. And then he has to tell them, no, never, there, there is no plan. And when he's at his lowest moment in the gym, you know. and uh, But before that, there's that scene when he pretends to be angered at, at Chun Sook and grabs her by the shirt and, you know, rakes everything across and then turns to the kids and says, that's pretty good, huh? Mm -hmm. Remember that? So, so performance is such a, is becomes a uh, living this life of performance and lies and uh, is so uh, predominantly on his mind. So we're at the we're at the for the five act structure we're at the end of act 2 beginning of act 3. Uh yes. Right. Um so the Park family they prepare to go. They go. And then we get the Kim family relaxing and luxuriating. Yeah. In this um great scene, I think the best scene in the movie of them just sitting around and eating and relaxing and drinking and talking. Yeah. And uh it's my favorite scene in the movie, and it's also the movie that I think sets me up to be disappointed by the rest of the movie. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and I'll tell oh, you, yeah. and I'll tell you why. Okay. Um, and actually, the all of Act Two does that too. Um, uh, so, this, this, some of the great things in the scene. Um, I mean, so they sit around. We see like the the Park family's gone. They're all there. They're have their costumes off. They're just like making a mess. Um, and we see it's raining outside, right? Yeah. And it's storming. And the entire time, it's already occurring to me, while it's raining, they're going to come back from the camping trip. Right. So, right, right. like, this entire scene, I'm just, like, waiting for the Park family to walk in. And, right. like, this, for this to be the, the, the tone shift moment of, of the movie. And um, especially when... They have the scene, like you were saying, about, uh, well, they're, they're actually nice, you know, like, well, I could afford. No, it's not that. Uh, they had the thing, the Park family's nice. Well, if I had that much money, I'd be nice, too. But then they start to wonder what happened to the driver. Right. Right? Yeah. And like, what happened to that driver? Oh, he probably got a job somewhere. You know, he'd be fine. But, you know, but like, what, what if he's like, you know, they start to actually worry about the consequences of what they've done. Right. And. Um, and the other victims that they might have created that aren't the parks, right? That aren't the people that that they are even trying to be parasites against. And 
uh, and then uh, uh, Jessica Kijung says, if I recall right, she says, uh, we just have to worry about ourselves. We can't worry about other people, but I'm just taking care of myself. And that's when the lightning strikes. Right. And, uh, and like the father like notes that the lightning strikes. And for me, that's like another, it's metaphorical moment. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, yeah. this is when, this is when the worm turns for them is when they fail to see that yeah. they're not actually hurting the parks. They're hurting the other people who are depending on right. the parks. And then they look right. around and they real and she realizes she's eating dog snacks. Like everyone yeah, else. <laughs> right. They thought they were just kicking upwards, but they weren't kicking upwards. They were kicking yeah downwards yeah. or kicking kicking across right um because because, then when they, because those people the parks would be paying that money anyway yeah they, it's they, nothing to the parks right? be, they don't care they'd be paying the money to somebody they just took money away from the people who they were giving the money to previously yeah that's right so that's the parks right. really that's aren't right. being that's hurt right. yeah they're only yeah. hurting the other the other poor and so and so that's a that's a great moment it's like a moment of moral reckoning and the lightning flashes and you see it light up uh, the, the teepee outside. And and I just keep waiting for the family to come back. I'm like, it's raining. They're going to just walk in. Right? Right. And this movie has trained me to think, okay, these people – well, it's a it's a Bong Joon-ho movie. I'm just waiting for the, the tone shift to come. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and the movies trained me to think these people are so resourceful and so good at thinking on their feet mm -hmm. that I want to see them get caught. I want I want to see right. oh. I want to see them get caught in the act to see how they will deal with that situation. Oh, right? okay. All right, yeah. When all the pretense of all their lies that they've built up like get smashed. How do they how do they deal with that situation? And really, they're still in like in a low risk situation relatively because yeah. the parks don't know anything about them. They don't know who they are. They don't know where they live. Like right. they could get caught and still get away clean. All they lose is the opportunity to make more money off the park. Exactly. They could just right? disappear. Like like what's going on point, here? Yeah. So the stakes are kind. I mean, they they were they needed the money, right? But the stakes are kind of lower than they would be like in a heist movie or something right right it's not like so I'm Danny Ocean for, yeah it's like yeah yeah so I'm waiting for like the moment where it comes to a head and instead the original housekeeper shows up and we're like what's this about right no, and and then we get into this like bizarre sequence where she's trying to push the the shelves <sighs> out of the way you know everybody's hiding so now they're trying to keep the ruse um so it's only it's only Chung Sook, the mom, uh, with her down in the basement, and she's 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 the the housekeeper's suspended between the, yeah. the side of the bookshelf <laughs> and the wall, in like this bizarre configuration for this yeah. middle aged woman to be in, right? And you're like, what the what's going on? What could she have been forgetting? Uh, something doesn't seem right here. And then, you know, the lead, the twisting lead down the stairs, like, what? What's, yeah. where are we going? Is, is this like the Pulp Fiction bondage basement? Like, what's going on? I, for some reason, I just kept hearing def in my head, it was deformity, deformity. I kept like, what are we going to see? Is there, you know, what are we turning it? What are, what are we, I just imagined something nearly like, 
human esque, inhuman something. You yeah, know, that I, far you had no idea. Like, but because at first I was going when she said I've left something downstairs, and I'm like, she's coming back to get revenge. What is she? What could I never heard a phrase more ominous? You know, to to their uh, they, I've left yeah. something there. Yet it's completely reasonable that she would have. You know. And then it's like, ah. And then when you see down there, you're like, it's just, oh my. And I love the fact that the colors are still completely different than the rest of the movie that we've seen. Even, you know, just like, what are we about to see? I have no idea. And then it's just the guy. But it's still it's like weird. It's, You're just like you didn't. You didn't feel like it was a letdown. Like when you found out what it actually was. The second time, I I felt like well, this didn't have the power that it had before. But the first time I saw it, it felt pretty close. I thought to that scene in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with Brad Pitt going to see Bruce Dern. You know, it was a much more heart pounding tension. But I was even when I saw it, I was like. What's going? He's getting up. He's got a bottle. The only thing I was disappointed with in that scene was that they all came tumbling down the stairs at once. Because <laughs> I was like, there could have been a better way of doing that. But um, yeah, that could have been know. metaphorical like, too. <laughs> when they're racing down those stairs and like my imagination's racing, like all the yeah. what what is down those stairs? Like what we find is in. It's not nearly as shocking as what I felt like I'd just yeah. been set up to 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 see, right? Right, but honestly, when I think when I chase down those those paths, nothing of it would have worked. When I go into down my head of all the things, what am I going to see? Nothing of it. I don't. None of those options would have worked with the story. So, I mean, to me, the the sequence where she's explaining what is going on was akin to the scene where Bruce Dern is ex- and Pat Pitt are having the conversation on his bed in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because it should be deflating. to For me, I, I see it was for you. For me, I was like, this should be deflating, but I'm still tense because they haven't... They're still trying to both figure out what the fuck is going on. There's yeah. no... You know, you've, you've gotten know. to the point where you should release your breath, but you can't because you still don't really know or trust what you're seeing, you know? Well, and then, and then for me, when they get the eight minute warning that the parks are coming back and they've already, they've already gotten the chance to kind of hit the pause button on the conflict with the, the housekeeper and, and her husband and get them back in the basement. (laughs) That was, that was horrifying. For a moment, at least get them out of the yeah. way, and then they get the warning that the Park family is coming back. Well, they I, get, I don't know. Yeah. It just like it felt like so much less dangerous than I had felt like I'd been built up to to see. Huh. I didn't think the payoff matched the build up, and so well, yeah, I, I did feel disappointed yeah. and a little deflated by it. To me, I felt the opposite because you're right. Before that moment, they get caught. What is it going to be? It's going to be get out of my house or whatever and they leave and they'll never be seen from again or 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 the i mean that the, they could evade the the parks won't be coming after them because they don't know anything about them so stakes are low but now they're because they are literally on top of them and struggling with them when they get the call they're still 
trying to shove them down the stairs after the parks have called, right? So they got eight yeah, minutes to right, get, right, to get right. the people downstairs and subdued, to get the mess cleaned up, and to get fucking, you know, ramen made. <laughs> uh, you know, all in time for there. But now the stakes are much higher because now they've got potential bodies. They got, you know, because well, right. they might have just committed a murder. They might, just, they might have just committed a murder. I thought they I thought she killed her when she kicked him down the stairs. Yeah, I thought she was dead, too. And actually it was because she did later die from those injuries. Yeah, but I thought right. she was dead. It was such a horrifying crunch. It's funny. She died from that injuries. But Ki Wu didn't die from taking that landscape rock to the head twice. Yeah, the stakes were now much higher because I thought because now there were people who were attacked and injured and uh yeah because because yeah if if these that's right if these people could have left but obviously it didn't feel that way to you in the movie so that's i mean that's a problem um i i will confess it was a bit of a letdown of just like it's somebody hiding downstairs from a loan shark or from he says at one point um uh jin jin say I think Jin C, um, the the man who's been living in the basement this whole time, his um, one of the things that he went into debt for was a cake shop. He said, oh, that, "That's where that's where it was. That's, that's where right. the second cake shop was. Where he he said he goes the cake shop fails. So the, you know he and 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 the Kim family are very similar. They both were trying things and failed, but they went to loan sharks." It's just a you know a desperation, and then that obviously turned uh, became their downfall. Yeah, um, and it was, and they may have been able to work it out if the Kims weren't so hell bent on keeping their income flow. They could have all gotten out of that somehow, but it was that no, we're calling the police. Get out! We're you're not stopping my inc- my revenue stream, which is. Honestly, what a lot of yeah. corporations are ruining the world with right now. And, it's, you know, you're not. They, they're stop, fighting over the scraps. They're yeah. fighting over the scraps and not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And one of the most important scenes in the movie is when they're all hiding under the table and, right. and overhearing the yeah. conversation um, and, and the dirty sex talk uh, yeah. and over over the pajamas. Um uh, masturbation now uh, is, finger is, bang right is there i mean that is certainly something that loving couples do do for each other uh but um is there something to, is, is there is there something to be said about the choice that it was a mutual masturbation love scene as opposed to just a full-on sex scene like is there something uh, that plays into the theme they weren't there? face-to-face they weren't face-to-face I mean, maybe they the weren't... fact that they weren't face-to-face was something but it didn't seem like I don't know. It didn't seem like oh a problem. It didn't. It didn't feel presented as a problem. The, like, you know, right? We've already been kind of told that he doesn't feel like he loves her, but yeah. Um, that 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 was another recurring thing that I was curious if I was missing something maybe in translation, because the one time, the second time he says, "Yeah, but you love her." I kind of felt like didn't line up with what they were saying, but I could be wrong. But I wonder if there was at the party. Yeah, at the party. Oh, because she's going to this. She's going to all this trouble. She's going to all this trouble. Yeah, but you love her, right? So it's okay. But yeah, that 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 part. I guess that's that didn't line up. That did line up. But um, 
there was a line that during that scene, I didn't get it until the second viewing was when, when he says to her while, while uh, they're on the couch uh, playing with each other, and he says, why don't you go get those, those cheap panties from the car? That'll really get me go. Uh, and then she says, "Really get me hard." Yeah, yeah. And then he really. And she says, "Buy me drugs." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And at, the first time I thought, "Oh, so she's a pill popper," and then I realized, "No, she's role playing," because they had said yeah. that it was probably drugs. You know, what kind of person would forget their panties? in the back of a car. It's a big thing to forget. So she probably was on drugs. So she says immediately just around the back, buy me drugs. Oh yeah. So it's not just that. Right. So it's they're pretending was... to be the kind of person that they would yeah. not want in their lives. And that, right? and that both, they both got, you know, they, they got off on that. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. That's uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good scene. And so if, if the movie had played out the way... It's a cliched scene, but it's it was so well done. It's like, here's the uh, the 80s farce version now that this has turned into, but yet it was incredibly tense, like with Ki, with um, da, da Hai texting Ki-Woo to come over, and it's going off under the coffee table. <laughs> you know, yeah. Just little things like that, yeah. like, oh, well, suddenly everyone wants to call everybody on the table. <laughs> And the kid being in the lawn out in the TP, like, how do they not? See, how is the kid not seeing them under the table? <laughs> yeah, if I'd gotten the confrontation I wanted, we wouldn't have gotten that scene. So right. it's it's not that it's not that in hindsight I think it was bad. I think like all the parts the of the movie yeah. line up really well, and and metaphorically and like thematically, it all really works and lines up and um it would probably be weakened if it was done any other way it was just in the moment yeah. i felt like i'd been set up to to see how well that these people can think on their feet and not in a way where they, they can like right. physically move and hide and get people out of the way it was right their ability to talk and, and think on their feet. So you how, know, how would they and talk, talk their way out of situations? And I just wanted to see them talk their way out of a situation. I yeah. don't know, like I, yeah. more difficult situations. I, see I want that. to see the stakes get raised that way. I see that. I, those scenes bug the crap out of me. I mean, they, they, I guess just because I'm, I'm too involved in them and I get, I can't take I, ever since I was a kid, I just couldn't take it, but I also never bought it. Was it the working girls scene where, well, of course, she doesn't buy it, but it would be like a scene where, like, the working girl, where like she comes uh, home, finds Alec Baldwin, Michelle mid- Pfeiffer, Melanie Griffith, right? Melanie Griffith. Melanie Damn Griffith it. comes in. I always do that. <laughs> so Melanie Griffith comes in and catches Alec Baldwin having mid intercourse with someone, and he just stops and goes, "It's not what you think." <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, in fact, I don't think I've ever heard my dad laugh harder. In my entire life, than at that moment, is I, I, I weird, but like, but I've forgotten because until recently that that movie was directed by Mike Nichols. That's right, yeah. And uh, and I don't even think I've seen it all the way through. I think I need I should do that. But like the just the 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 fact that like there's no way to interpret this event any differently, this context, but yet I'm still going to try to talk my way out of this. 
But the are you going to believe you, gonna... me or your lying eyes? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the age of Trump. And yet to see it, to see uh, some, marks. yeah, to see some uh, people, uh, some last scenes where they would do something like that and then watch someone talk them out of it and actually believe it. I rarely buy. I rarely buy because it's just so like, it's so blatant. So I myself am glad it didn't go that way, but I can completely see if anyone could make it satisfying, I, you know, this filmmaker and writer can for sure. Um, but yeah, I see. I there is a bit of a like, like what? It's a guy hiding from this, but then the implications start rolling in, and you're, and and, yeah. and then it snowballs anew. And then uh, that he gives thanks that he gives thanks to the family by lighting the stairs for that <laughs> with his forehead. But it was the other thing. It's it's like he was doing it with his forehead all along, but his hands were never tied behind his back the whole time. So was he still right. doing it? It was with like his a forehead? prayer. Oh, it was like a prayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Supplicating himself. I think Key Tyke has lines when she's down there with him alone going, how can you live down here? And of course, that's his first thought at the end of the movie. Yeah. He's like, what do I got to do? That guy, I didn't think that actor playing the Jin Sun, the guy who lives in the cellar, um, I thought was, uh, at first thought was rather unexceptional. And then when they show the, the tell the tale of Da Song's um, ghost appearance, it's yeah. genuinely chilling. You can totally see why he thought it was a ghost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh my yeah, it's God, creepy. it's so creepy. <laughs> and yet I know what I'm looking at. My knowledge of what the events are knows that I, but it's still fucking creepy. <laughs> I got to say though, living in the basement for four years, is, the guy's aged well. Like yeah. it's doing, yeah. you know, he he looked he looked young for his age. <laughs> The fluorescent lights must be good on the skin. Oh, you didn't turn that gray like I would expect. Although I will, I will say. I mean, I think I've seen the the actor on uh, uh, on IMDb. I was looking up the names, and and his hair isn't naturally like that. And the I I I don't think, and I, and I hope not, because what I'm about to say is going to be very offensive. That hair was properly gross. <laughs> I don't find baldness gross, but that one particularly was. It looked he looked sick, so that part that's the one Let's part hope that was a choice. Let's hope it's open, it was a choice, sir. Yeah, well, so they escape, they uh, they managed yeah. to finally get out from under that table and, and, and after I, hours and hours. I was surprised how much all this stuff's going through my head about uh, uh, you know, how they're on the same level, they they just you know, they that it's the poor trying to uh, uh you know, take the poor's income and all that stuff and then yet still when it cuts upstairs and she's giving him a massage on the couch it felt wrong it, it, it the, the way it was done i don't know why i was like it was just it was it it was shot in a way that made it like oh they shouldn't be doing that this is their con <laughs> <laughs> This is their infiltration. No, but, but then they go, no, wait. No, it wasn't. It was their, it was, she, well, no, she was probably hired. She didn't con her way into the job, you know? Oh, what'd you think of um, original housekeeper? <laughs> Just keep calling her original housekeeper. Moon Gwang. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Um, 
given the uh, doing the North Korean dictator impression. <laughs> I thought it was interesting because we never see it. We I haven't seen a movie that of a South Korean movie that that brought up Kim Jong uh, uh, Kim Jong Un yet. So I thought that was was that Un or Ill? I don't know who she was doing was the impression that? of. But I did I did like you know his or her husband saying no one imitates newsreaders like you do. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's just right. It's news uh, news anchors. He was doing impression of. Right. That was that was funny. That was really um, funny. Uh, I, and I like that fantasy when they when they went into the fantasy of what life used to be like, uh, where they just would listen to records in in the living room and sit. And then it it shows him the, him looking towards the camera like, isn't this the life? And then suddenly shows the reverse shot, and it's the Kim family charging them like bum rushing. <laughs> I thought that was pretty great. <laughs> right. So we're in the situation where the the Kim family escapes, except for the mom who's stuck there because she right. lives in the house. That's another thing we don't really find out. Like she lives in that house like full time, right? No, she, well, no, she yeah. goes home. No, she goes home. Because we see her. Yeah. We all have to wash, use different soap now. But at the the... I thought that was part of the deal is that the housekeeper left. Yeah, because the housekeeper left Whatever. with a suitcase, with a valise, so I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, she left her husband there at night, so who knows? Yeah. Anyway, so they get away. Mom's still there. They all could have worked together to have the guy safe in the basement and take care of him, but instead they now have two people locked in the basement, and they don't know if they're... Yeah. They're going to rise up, right? Yeah, and if they get out of there, everything's gone to hell. Right. Uh, if they die down there, that's not good either. Yeah. And uh, and so, like, here's more moral retribution in the form of the flood. Or, I mean, we could just be seeing it as when it rains, it pours, so to speak. Yeah. And, oh, you thought your life was shitty, it's even shittier now. Or if yeah. you thought you could have got away clean from the situation, you don't even have a home to go to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, whatever the rain brought, you had, you've lost. The rain brought the parks home, and then it also destroyed your... Like, like, like the con... You can't just, you can't just return to the Shire unaffe- right. and, and have that be unperfected, you know? All, right. The way it's always been. The same been. storm that just causes the parks to go back to their comfortable home. Right. Where their son can even sleep outside <laughs> in this shit. That same storm destroyed your neighborhood. Right. And and that and that sh- because the, shit runs downhill like you said. Yeah. And that 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 thing where he's going he's like it's sewage and they're running in their bare feet through the sewage to get to their home and there's a neighbor who's trying to get a bike or something up up and he's caught and he's like, help me. And he just runs right past that stuck with me. I mean, I know he's worried about his home, but it's just like, no, we don't, we don't help each other. They can't afford you know, to, we can't afford to help each other. Time. And, and then when you get there, I, I really did, <laughs> didn't enjoy seeing that toilet keep spraying and her smoking on the toilet with a wet cigarette. But the, the image of that from that flood that, the two that stick with me is, well, one, I know the socks getting wet needs to stick with me, but the one that sticks with me is Chung Sook's medal, her hammer throw medal. Oh, the yeah. first thing you see him grab is this one thing that she did. He grabs off the wall and all that sewage water is inside the frame. Yeah. That that really stuck with me. You could say that, that that's an honest achievement that they've been able to do in their meager situations. And it's important to them. And it just, it's... 
in danger of being shit soaked. <laughs> yeah. And Kiwo retrieves the the stone. The stone. From under the water. And can I tell you and and just an honest reflexive thought I had in that scene, which I can't say I'm proud of. Um, but it was she's too beautiful to be sitting on that toilet <laughs> spraying shit out. <laughs> That's true. She's very. She's that a very pretty lady. Honest, that yeah. was my honest. That was my honest to god reaction in that scene. Well, if if you yeah, she's too pretty to be sitting on that toilet. Can I? Can I? Well, if you shared that, I'll share my thing that I'm not proud of. Um, okay. Uh, it was when I saw Desperado in the theater for the first time, and first time seeing Salma Hayek, and I was just. Still, I'm smitten to this day by her, and then the and just like captivated on every level, and then the sex scene comes up, and I get mad. <laughs> like I'm mad. It's like what? No, no, with your. Why are you doing this with him? <laughs> but like, no, it's like it's like 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 I said, they realize, am I jealous of a movie star? On a screen that I just met 45 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. You got possessive. Yeah, I got very possessive because I was so smitten that I was just like, most people would say like, oh yeah, that's she's so hot. You get to see her. I'm like, no, I was mad. What? Well, you're supposed to project yourself into Antonio Banderas. I know, that's the, the way you're supposed to do, but no, I couldn't. Yeah. I was just mad. You got very possessive. It was not, not, a, not my best moment. You were like, Booking your flight. To... <laughs> I'm not proud of myself with that. <laughs> so, yeah, the apartment's flooding. If it were me, I'd be like, I don't want any of my stuff that's been sitting in shit. So it's just all gone. <laughs> don't yeah. want that anymore. Yeah, and then they're all in the gym. Which, seeing the gym uh, made me think back to the host's. Uh, yes. public uh, 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 disaster area, a relief area of the gym, which is one of my favorite scenes in cinema history uh, that I we've talked about a lot where, you know, you've got when, when the, the, the host family go up to the photo, they see the big wall of all the people who were died in the attack. And um, uh, they've got uh, Hyunso's photograph up there, not knowing that she hasn't perished quite yet. Um, but assuming that she has and the whole family comes up and begins to cry and wail to the point where they're all on the floor rolling around uh, crying and wailing to the one brother like kicks his yeah kicks (laughs) the other guy in the side (laughs) just to show his grief right but to us you know actually apparently this is that is a according to Bong Joon-ho that is a realistic depiction of like that would happen often in public and these kind of things. Have we listened that to level. the same podcast that made this point? I don't know. Maybe. Oh, okay. Um, All right. But certainly for my viewing of it, I saw it as like a over the top comic portrayal of actual grief to where I believed them in their grief, but it was nearly comical to, to a point. But more importantly, this is this, unhinged outpouring of unimaginable grief and then the what you see then is these 
city workers coming by going, who's got license plate 48725? Who's got right. you? Ma'am, you can't park there. <laughs> like, right. it just genius. Because it just is like, nobody cares. You know, you know, all this. This is this is the biggest tragedy of your life. But yet, you know, we're not going to. I just I love that. And then, of that course, was, someone's also got to move their car. Yeah. Someone's got to move their car. And um, then, of course, so the gym parked me back there. That's um, the that's the scene I see get cited for for this filmmaker's uh, yeah. way of mixing tones to to great effect. Right. Um, and as it should be. I love the guy coming in, the official walking in in the hazmat suit. Uh, and nobody notices right away. And then it's how they start to notice. And then he slips and falls. And it stands up. And acts like, you know, like, that's just genius. It's just, and, then, and then he says, it's on the television. Here, everyone watch. He turns it on and it's not there. 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 there it is. Like it's just, I love that the whole sequence is just is just so worthy of its constant recit recitation as 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 a, yeah no as no it's it's a it's a it's a masterpiece for sure. Mm -hmm. um, although my my very favorite shot, I'll say it in a Wade way, my very favorite shot in all of cinema. Oh, there's a very is uh, is during the um, I'm not during the either. initial monster attack. When mm. uh, when Song Kang Ho is like rushing to save his daughter, and he grabs her hand and he's running. Yeah. And while he's running, he he looks back and he no, he realizes he's grabbed someone else's hand. Yeah. It's a different girl that he doesn't know, and he's yeah. grabbed her hand instead. And it's right before his daughter gets eaten. But just that shot, even before you know the daughter gets eaten, like that shot goes from mm. like scary and thrilling. But then when the realization itself, him looking back and seeing it's a different girl, all in that same yeah. moment mixed together, is it scary, it's thrilling, it's funny. Mm -hmm. And it's the same details that make it scary and funny at the same time. And sad and tragic. And, it dropped, and your stomach it's falls not out like, too. Yeah. It's not like there's a foreground thing that's one emotion and a background thing right. that's another emotion. It's the same it's yeah. the same thing. The very, the very same details in the shot convey that same mix of of emotion. That's my favorite. That's yeah. I I don't know. I don't know how you achieve that. How you exactly. write that situation and, and, and it's that shoot it, it right so that it gives you that moment of like fear and horror and yeah laughter and sadness all at once. And it's that um, your description of that exactly is the reason why, and I think there's multiple moments throughout the movie and his, his movies in general, but the host specifically, that do that. And that's why, yeah. I mean, that's why I will say, um, I think the host is, and I don't say this, when I'm talking up the movie, I don't say this, and I also don't say it to certain people, but that's why I believe this movie is better than Jaws. I love Jaws. And I love Jaws for all the different things it has. It's heartwarming. It's scary. It's it's funny. It's all this other stuff. But it's only one thing at a time. Not to its disservice. It services itself yeah. very well. But the host, which on stupidly on its box compares itself, the host DVD and poster will say, says, it's Jaws meets Little Miss Sunshine. And you're like, that sounds terrible. 
But yet, it <laughs> kind of is Jaws meets Little Miss Sunshine, and it works, you know? <laughs> and so, but if you said to anyone, hey, you got to see this movie, it's better than Jaws, well, you've ruined it for them, you know? Yeah. Right. You've already said, well, that one, it can't be, so fuck you. Or, oh, really? Well, I got to see this, and then... this. But yeah, it's I not do. a movie you can watch with your arms crossed. Like, it's just going to meet the test. <laughs> right. right, exactly. Well, this better be better than Jaws. Uh, but I do rank it higher just because for that reason alone is that is that he encompasses so much stuff. And I don't know, it's the slow motion of the reveal. And then when you realize the, 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 the little girl that is perfectly cast because she's... she's um, Looks enough like Ch- like Kyunso that you're like it's thing, but she's also more comical looking, but not too comical. Like there's something about she's got this kind of she's got glasses, but they're not too goofy. But they're not. She's just kind of dazed. And then the father who takes it isn't. It's just kind of like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> you know, but in slow motion, so it's not like you can't. But you just kind of you. But none of those like none of those things that I just said actually happened in the shot they're just kind of inferred by the motions and in the slow motion and but you're kind of focused on song kang ho more just washing over him and then once it does well then where is my daughter you know yeah, right and it's and and it's like it's funny how i don't i actually couldn't tell you what happens first in that shot for me does my stomach just fall through my <laughs> fall through my intestines in in just tragedy first and then I think it's funny or the other way around I don't know because it's all just <laughs> it's all just right. all in there um it's all at once yeah I think another similar big moment in that movie is when the the patriarch of the family uh gets killed when he's all about you know if a, you know I time if I if an animal killed a human you killed that animal you didn't let it live and then and then he's gets his moment to rush up to the animal that he thinks kills his daughter and his gun isn't loaded and then he just kind of turns is like oh as if to say fuck me or why didn't you you told me you load the gun and then they had this horrific you know death by being not even eaten but just picked up and slammed against the ground and it, it's it's so horrifying and 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 movie but also done kind of as a punchline you know um the guy is incredible i mean just the how he can make those work cuz i've seen people try to do other movies try to do stuff like that and it just, it just doesn't work <laughs> he's a master and there's and, and That's why and, he keeps making masterpieces i guess so i guess so and I want to talk about five other scenes from the host, but we gotta we gotta move on to Parasite. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's let's close this out. Yeah. Um, okay. So we get to the birthday party. Mm-hmm. Tell me, walk me through, walk me through how this scene works. So yeah, I have some questions about this scene too because this scene, I I think I had more of an experience with this scene that you did with the reveal of the seller in that it all thematically works, mm-hmm. but I was a little bit 
maybe a little bit disappointed, though still very affected. I'm not going to say I wasn't, but I, I think I was a little disappointed. I guess at first I couldn't under the th well, okay, walk you through the seat. How does Jin Sun get out of his? I forget. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, Ki Woon uh, goes to take the stone down to him. Right. And he goes down and he drops it. That stairs is no good for the Kim family, let me tell you. He <laughs> drops it and then gets um, uh, brained with it. Brained with yeah. it, uh, tie, uh, nearly tied up. And then he gets loose, he runs up the stairs, and then gets brained with it twice. And so then, here's my question. Yeah. What do you think Kiwu was going down there to do? Right. Now, we just had the scene with the the teenage girl. Right. Where he's like, do you think I fit in? Do you think I fit in here? <laughs> Your expression was great. Just the... Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> that was so funny. Uh, yeah, he just had that because he starts to seem to have a moral quandary. Like, he's like... Like, he starts to kind of key into the fact that you know, all the things we do to get here and, and I probably, we don't actually fit. We could never fit. Right. That's kind of what he's implying that he's thinking about. Right. I mean, it's kind of the culmination of their conversation before the original housekeeper comes back mm -hmm. is if we got married, I'd have to hire <laughs> Actors, even if like yeah. this plan ultimately works. And I marry her. I have to hire actors to be my parents. You couldn't even. You couldn't even be there. My parents in that situation, right, like right. this, is unsustainable. Yeah, their kind is unsustainable. Right? right, and it would make your life worse than if you'd never pulled it to begin with. But yeah, yeah, kind of thing. Uh, so I didn't seem to have that question in my mind. What was he going to do when I was watching the movie? But now I do. Yeah, what. What was he going to do? I felt like he was going down there to kill him. That's what I thought, too. Like, he's going to go down... I thought he was going to go down here to kill him with the stone. With the stone. That's what I thought he was going to do. But it, it doesn't... Because otherwise, why would he be creeping... Well, it doesn't track with his previous... Unless he's trying to say... Like, he's trying to weigh... Can we make this work? Can we not make this work? Because if he's not going to make it work, if he thinks ultimately the plan is unsustainable and we can't actually, we don't belong here and it's never going to, it's only going to end badly, then he would go down and free him or something, right? But instead, maybe he makes the, I guess the, the action makes it seems to say that I have to submit this. Like I have to submit the fact that we are in this and in this world and if she thinks we fit, then okay, I'm going to go down and make sure we stay in this world. Right? That's what I thought was happening. That's what I've, I thought was happening. I've but read, now I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, you've read what? I forget where. It might have just been like someone's plot summary or it might have been mentioned in one of the interviews um, I've read since I saw it with, uh, with the director, writer-director, uh, that and and there they were in that telling he was going down to give him the stone right that's what i was just starting to like thinking. pass on the to pass on the good fortune and that would fit in with the context of like it's right around that same time that um the mom chung sook is like 
we should prepare them a plate and take it down. They're going to be hungry. Like they start. Right. She starts feeling bad that they that they have been fighting over the scraps and that they should try to take care of these people. Yeah, and they right? do, they so 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 the Chung Sook has it. Jessica has it because she at that moment when he gives she gives her the plate, she grabs another big meatball and puts it on. Like that's not enough. Ah, uh, they, yeah, okay, they need, yeah. They need that's not enough. She she's she's thinking of them too, and so that would track because it's basically and then the movie says well too little too late assholes <laughs> you know yeah, right you're, you're not right. winning you're not winning their hearts and minds back <laughs> not after that yeah. and so, so i don't know what it means that well you and i both for though for uh for the sun for uh kiwu we didn't we didn't know how to read right because why he was going down to the basement right then with the stone. Yeah, it felt like he was going down to kill him, but it didn't. Like, why else would? It? Like, I guess because we don't necessarily think of the significant. See, that makes a that makes a lot more sense that he was like, here, take you know, passing it. Yeah, on. it does make more. sense. It makes way more sense. So it is. It makes a, me wonder if I missed something. Yeah, it makes me too. But maybe maybe that's um uh that's our um. Maybe we just watched it wrong. Yeah, maybe we watched it wrong. I'm willing to say that, but at this, or it could be a, a, a genuine flaw in the presentation. But um, I, I'm willing to bet I probably watched it wrong twice. <laughs> <laughs> no wrong. He could do no wrong. So now Kiwu gets brained by his own by the symbol of his own ambition. Right. Right. That's right. his moral comeuppance, um, in a way. And now, uh, Gunsei, is that how we say the the basement guy's name? Fortunately, I do not know. Basement guy. Something like that. Basement guy, bloody face guy. He's got like a bloody smile, kind of a bloody joker smile from banging his head on the wall. And seeing his wife um, die from uh, injuries. Because she has a bag on her head or something, right, when he comes down? Like when when uh, when Kiwu comes back down and his the way he gets trapped is because he sees her laying there and doesn't she have like a black velvet bag on her head or something? But I thought I thought don't you just see her legs? Or maybe I don't. I don't. Why would remember. she have a bag on her head? I just think she died at that point because we, that's what we I know. know she's she dead. couldn't have a bag over her head. She yeah. she bit through the duct tape. No, that's I know. How but I'm just saying. What if he covered Facebook her? Up? Got loose. What if he covered her up some weird? fucking way i don't know oh they might have just covered I, her up i think it's just because i, I thought putting it, a bag over her head would be weird yeah but, but it's, maybe it was there's something just to make us go what's like we know if she was lying there like we know she's dead kiwu what doesn't know the extent of her that she's even damaged like hurt i don't think but like um something was different i i, I couldn't like i don't know i'm probably forget misremembering i'll put it in an edit drop to tell me i'm an idiot so he comes up he enters the, the, the party that Chung Sook was forced to set up and that yeah. Kai Ta, uh, Ki Taik is uh, uh, given a uh, Native American headdress to around the, the teepee for, for Da Song's birthday. And in one of those... I, I mean, p- part of what plays out is one of those perfect moments that is also just so horribly depressing. But the thing that 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 I had would question with is the choice the why does he go directly to kill Ki Jung? Like uh, he comes daughter. out and he sees the daughter. 
The daughter was obviously down. He knew the daughter was there. Maybe it was because the daughter was at that moment front and center with the family. That's just right? who we saw first. That's just who we saw first. You know, because the Chun Sook was off to the side somewhere. The dad was hiding behind the bush. And he sees her presenting a cake to the boy of the Park family. And then just rushed out and stabbed her. I, I was perplexed by the decision to have the daughter die in this whole altercation. Um, I mean, there had to be some sort of loss, I guess. But I was curious as to why why her. I mean, the biggest question to me in that scene is. Just how many sausages is... that dog ate off the skewer that was stuck in his back. <laughs> Okay, that's a, that's something to talk yeah. about. Yeah, I expected the dogs to be more of a, a factor in the story. The fact that there's three of them, yeah, and they they're not really uh, plot elements, and they're not really characters in the in the story. I thought it was after we have Okja, where right. like this the super pig who has intelligent eyes and yeah, you know. Uh, has a personality and is worth saving. And we see these three dogs. It's, it's surprising that the dogs aren't more of a... Well, we get that one close-up of character. that cutie dog under the bed with Kiwoo. <laughs> under the bed, it's almost... It's like yeah. a tension moment. Yeah. It doesn't actually... It doesn't pay it on. Moment. Um, no. Anyway, but... Yeah. Uh, so, Kaitek, the dad, gets... You know, he's he's been pushed to the limit. He hasn't gotten any sleep. Right. He's being told to play this Indian attack, and he starts to go over the line, right? Yeah. He's like, you love your – it's great you're doing this because you love your wife, right? Right, right. Like he's like pushing this button that he – because he knows this guy doesn't – has already told him in as much that he doesn't love his wife. Yeah. And it's like, you know – it's like he's just kind of saying like you're full of shit and you don't actually want to do this either. Why are you right, making me right. do this? Do, do the charade. Why do we have to do this pretend attack when all of us are really going to get attacked in a minute? Yeah. Um, and then he said, oh, that's uh, right. I didn't even think about that, that they were supposed to come out and attack Kijung. Yeah. That was the plan. With hatchets. With hatchets. While we know this, while we know basement guys coming up the stairs with the... And then, uh, and then uh, Mr. The knife that Mr. he dropped in the kitchen. And then Mr. Park turns around and reminds him, know your place because we're paying you money. Right. You're getting overtime. Right. In his Korean Christopher Lloyd, or Christopher, <laughs> Christopher Lloyd. Christopher. Christopher Lee. In his Korean Christopher Lee voice. I, I love how we, I wish I could do a Christopher Lee. But I, didn't you, did, is it just me? I thought he sounded like Christopher Lee. No, he did Lee. a little bit. He, well, such, he, he, he had such a low commanding voice. Yeah, he really went into that stern parental commanding voice for that moment. Put him in his and put him in his place. He's kind of built and, like Christopher Lee, tall, yeah, and, yeah. tall and reedy. Anyway, yeah. Um, so then, basement guy comes up, kill and stabs his daughter. What gets me in this scene is he runs over to save his daughter, or to do not save but help his daughter play the bleeding. Of course, in that great, you're making it work hurt worse right. which which one it hurt more right. it was one yeah it's gonna hurt more when you press it but that's what needs to be done kind of thing but then um yeah. it's but it reminds me of the time my my son when he said you try to make things better but you always make things worse <laughs> and i'm like you just hit the 
core of my whole being. I'm kind of proud, actually. <laughs> but this, re but this reminds me, you're too much like your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you just you just summed me up perfectly of all my fears and woes and just and then threw it in my face. Um <laughs> and you're and you were seven years old at the time. <laughs> um but yeah, so there's that, and then and then he's expected but because I mean then he's expected because basement guy has shown himself to Da Song, Da Song instantly faints having seen the ghost again on his birthday. Yeah. And then, yeah. so the mom scoops, as a mom would, scoops him up and says, we have to go to the hospital now. A fainting son taking priority over a woman who's just been stabbed in the chest <laughs> and a killer still right. up there. <laughs> there. And yelling at the, not knowing that this is yeah. that, girl's father right but yelling at him give me the keys or you come take the car get the you car know. he's not moving so the right. dad says well give me the keys and uh, yeah. that's the priority here is this fainted boy as opposed to this woman who's been gored by a kitchen knife right right and, and just the injustice of that he throws it and just happens to go under the killer's back and then <laughs> The moment that the rest of the movie rides on, did does the, does this work for you? Does the moment work for you where he rolls over the uh, uh, prayerful, uh, giving thanks basement guy to get the keys and and then wretches at the smell of him? And that causes and that triggers Sung Kang Ho to stab him. To take the yeah. knife and kill him. Like, he just can't take... Of everything that's going on right now, like my daughter's been stabbed. My wife has been sliced and injured. My son has just been carried off, bleeding all down his back. So he's seeing his whole family, two possibly dead, one getting sliced up. And then this guy is going, oh, I can't take the smell of the poor. <laughs> just is just too much for him. Um, I'll I'll tell you the truth. In the moment, it didn't work for me. The first time, yeah, I think I saw, it works yeah. on paper. I can see how it works on paper. In the moment, it didn't work for me. It just yeah. wasn't a moment that rung true. Yeah, me too. Um, I saw the intent. I appreciated the theme thematic element, but it, it I didn't buy it. And the second time I saw the movie, it worked better. But the first time, you're right. I, it didn't ring that true to me. Uh, and when he rolls him over, get the keys and smells, I go, well, he kind of would smell really bad. <laughs> he would smell bad. <laughs> I was like, he, he really would. He's been down there so long and he's covered in congealed blood and has the smell, the death of his wife smell on him. Probably. Yeah. He's, he probably doesn't smell very good. <laughs> There's even a shot of Sung King Ho. I think it's in the final act like staring at that toilet in the basement and it's not really oh yeah announced why he's just kind of holding the lid up yeah he's for a while and looking at it and we don't know why he's looking at it i wondered about that i go is there something i'm what am i missing yeah yeah uh, i i agree um 
I agree. Like if everyone else had retched when they met the guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, if something smells so bad it makes you retch, it makes you retch, right? Right. Exactly. Um, and so that might have sold the moment of, uh, of Mr. Park retching over the guy. Even though you'd think like fight or flight instincts would be kicked in and that would be overridden somehow. Um, but just for that, like for that to be the, the last straw that makes Mr. Kim snap and Mm -hmm. stab this guy to death. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It was too, like it works. It's just a little too tidy as a, Mm -hmm. as a, as a, as a symbolic thing or a metaphor, but, um, like it having it being a struggle over like the car keys or save your daughter's life. That seems like it should have been the stronger motivator. Right. Yeah. That makes him snap. And that would have been, that would have made the moment ring more true for me. I think if she had clearly died right there and he didn't need to do anything, she was still alive. They didn't show. It's a kind of a revealed when you see her urn at the yeah. end, because you're like, Oh, she right. died. Because I I expected right. I expected Ki Woo to be gone, I thought he was just straight up dead. No, you know. Yeah. And so when he woke up in the yeah. hospital, I was like, "What?" So I thought he was straight up dead, and she was still alive, and he leaves her to go stab the sky. <laughs> I had the and, exact same reaction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then and and I and also his his decision to run down to the basement the first time I saw it didn't really ring that true either. Uh, it, it felt like. Like oh we're making the cyclical, uh, and but the second time I saw it, it works a lot better um, when I have all the pieces that I feel like I should have. But yeah, the first time I saw it, it didn't um, it didn't work as well as I wished would like them to. I mean, I'm not trying to be an apologist here. But you're if you're juggling eight characters, nine characters at yeah. this point, and trying to like have them all doing something meaningful and have your, you know, have your plots resolve, make it all work thematically together, like complete everyone's arcs, like all Mm -hmm. in the same moment. And like in this chaotic uh, choreographed moment and like make it work rhythmically and like things have to happen in a certain order. I mean, it's, it's an incredibly high bar, (laughs) Of difficulty, yeah, it's to insane. make that work. It's a, on paper, right? Yeah, and then it, to, to and then to pull it off visually and in the editing room. It's Avengers Endgame uh, in that one moment. It's the whole movie. It's, yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a very tall order, and you know, and it it does it better than the the final battle of Avengers Endgame, right? Um, uh, so I I don't mean to knock it. I mean like it of of the nine things that that scene tries to accomplish like it nails seven of them yeah ex- right? exactly it's, it's just sad that the know, one the it's it's just sad that the one that it falters on is the one that's front and center and determines the rest of the movie you know yeah, that's the only that's problem. right that's yeah the decision to kill professor park is what changes everything because even up until then it was you know it could have been, you know, the whole family, as far as their con went, the whole family's like, what the, f- we don't know what's going on. 
you know, but, uh, but their cons kind of just, that's the last thing in their mind. Now, correct me wrong. The, the Mrs. Park, when her wife, when his, her husband gets stabbed, she just straight up faints, right? She just goes down holding her son, right? I think that's what happens. I have no recollection. I don't. I know. feel like the second time I saw it, she literally he gets stabbed, and she doesn't have an expression on her face. She literally just collapses. It's almost like someone like stabbing of him cut her marionette string. She just kind of. I really don't remember yeah. how that scene ends. The, the detail I remember post stabbing from that scene, and it might be in the flashback. Um, in the dad's letter at the end is when he's going down the stairs yeah. getting away at this, there's a purse lying on the stairs. <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't catch past. that. I didn't catch that. It's just that. like a weird detail. Yeah. Like somebody money. dropped their purse on the stairs. Yeah. And then what is a purse? Yeah. It's money, basically. Um, and he doesn't even think about picking it up because it doesn't mean anything at that point. Right, right. Now here we get to if you're ready to just to, to wrap it up. Let's do it. Here's the end uh with um uh Kiwu's letter. Um well, Kiwu uh wakes up in the hospital and I have to admit I love with all my heart the lines where he says I would have a detective talking to me who does not look like a detective. And a doctor who does not look like a doctor, and and, and 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 how he starts laughing, he's laughing again. Like that, that whole moment killed me. Um, yeah. And then we get the reveal that his, you know, the Ki Jung is is dead, and that he can't stop smiling or laughing, and uh, that Chun Suk and, and her both got reprimanded, and and then how the they couldn't find anything on them, but the detectives still tail them. And, the, and the, that reminded me of memories of a murder with incompetent policemen, you know, because yeah. he trips and falls down the stairs. Um, just really funny. But um, and then you go like, you really type out a letter that long with Morse code? Wow. But his letter back, which I don't like, Kiwu writes a letter back, but is he writing it in Morse code? And how is he going to? He's just writing it to him, but it's not getting to him, right? I don't, I don't see no how way, it could. How it could? So he's he's writing this letter, and and I remember being so confused the first time I saw it. Going, is this how they're this how they're ending it? But it's it is one of the most powerful things in the movie to me because he he's saying, well, that's that's my plan. My plan is to make a lot of money. You know, I'll get a job. I will get married eventually. I'll make a lot of money, and then I will buy this house, and I will set you free. Mm-hmm. And the the last shot, which you see his fantasy, and then the last shot of seeing the socks hanging from that stupid drying rack at basement level, at street level, panning down to him, you show like. No, the this world is set up to where you will never get that because right. the only way you know you can think of how to get that that's available to you is to just say, I will make a lot of money <laughs> because that's right. all of our dream. Our dream is like, and 
we'll get this, we'll buy a house and it will fix the problems and that will, it'll make my parents proud. My parents will have a house. We'll have all the place to live and it's going to be great. I just need to make a lot of money, get the job to make a lot of money. And yeah, that's not going to happen for most people. Yeah. It's so sad and so terrifying to, that's to, how they got see. into this mess. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's what got him in the basement. Well, he says it like he's going to do it straight, like legit. You know, it's going to be a legit thing. But right. it's like, yeah, but, but the only just, way you could make a, money before was to not do things. It's so heartbreaking to protect the ones you love. You need to get him out of the basement. And the only way he's going to get out of the basement is if you defy how capitalism has structured society. You know, it's just, it's just out of reach. It's out of reach. Just getting your dad freedom is out of reach. And it's terrible, but that's it. Exciting movie. <laughs> we got to the end. It was a good movie. I liked it. I liked it, it too. Uh, I'd give it an A know. to A minus. If I... I were doing that kind of grading. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm not sure I like it um, better than Snowpiercer. And I mm. like Snowpiercer less than The Host or Memories of Murder. Yeah. Um, I still don't know how I feel about Okja. <laughs> Okja <laughs> Okja's so all over the place. There's parts of it I really love and there's parts of it I don't really like. Um, I, don't know. Yeah. I still don't know how to feel about that movie. Uh, but, you know, I mean, anything... Bong, I don't think Bong Juno can make a movie that's not essential viewing. Yes. Well, good thing we it got its uh, moment in the sun here in this episode of You Watched It Wrong, which we appreciate you listening to all the way to the end so that you could hear how to contact us. So send us an email at youwatcheditwrong at happypanic.net. Or you could put a post on our Facebook page or on our Twitter feed if you want other people to read your email or message uh, possibly before we do. And you can send us a letter by writing to our P.O. Box, which does not exist. And I'm not giving out my home address. Sorry. So you write to us like you write to Santa Claus. That's right. Just uh, put it in a bottle, throw it up the chimney, get out of the way. Nothing magic's going to happen. And if you saw Parasite and thought, hey, it really is like those radio ads, you watched it wrong. 